Hey everyone, welcome to the Green Scene Podcast. I'm Jeremy Safran. TGSP is the top global cannabis podcast. Everyone has questions and we'll cover the stories that matter and showcase the guests who make a difference. This week on TGSP, picture this. Local Dungeness crab with aerated burrata and prawn powder, or perhaps you'd prefer the local spot prawns with morels and locally foraged fiddleheads. Well, this week we speak with the herbal chef, Chris Sage, who is a Michelin-trained chef who is quite literally shaking up the culinary world. Now, no pun intended there. There's, there's the chefs that are, you know, the best in the world that I'm just, I cannot be more grateful to learn from and, and uh, you know, really just step into their world. Uh, but I think that they're even now getting interested in what's going on. And the man and his team has basically perfected it. What we put out is perfectly balanced. 99% of the time, you will never taste the cannabis. On a dreary day in Vancouver, we caught up with Chris Sage to talk about cooking with cannabis and how his company, The Herbal Chef, is the go-to for this type of infused high-end dining. Chris just got back from pulling up some spot prawn traps and, of course, locally foraging for a 120-person pop-up style dinner that he was hosting. The meal sold out fast. And after talking to Chris, I now know why. This guy has pretty much studied how to perfect this type of cooking. I originally started because I was studying, I mean, I smoked and I was a consumer and, and a pretty irresponsible one. I mean, I didn't have any intent behind anything, um, but I was like, okay, well, if I'm going to smoke, then I need to learn about it. And at, I was at UC Santa Cruz studying molecular cell biology, so I tailored all of my papers to cannabis. And that was what eventually led to me understanding the endocannabinoid system and how cannabis reacted within the body. Um, and from there, it kind of just took off. I, I studied it nonstop. It was my obsession. And uh, I'd always cooked with food, but just my obsession with why cannabis was so helpful and what, what made it so helpful. Um, and then coupled with just more uncovering of information of why it was illegal and how it got that way, because we've been using this medicine for two, since 2000 BC was when it was, you know, first uh, written about in me uh, Chinese Eastern medicine. So with that, it was like, okay, well, there's something here. Why, why are we covering it up? Why is this now illegal? And uh, with all that uncovered, it was, it just became so clear to me what you know, how easy it was to become an activist for it. With edibles itself, the bioavailability is so high that um, it, it makes no sense to do it any other way. Even vaporizing, the bioavailability is only at 30-40% of what you're inhaling, right? So your, your body is only keeping 30% of that nutrient when you're vaporing, vaping, but it can go up to 80% um, when you're eating, which means that you're getting, your body is getting more benefit out of it. Now, the industry is evolving rapidly, and Chris says that the consumers are what make him smile. So with the typical consumer, I mean, this is probably the most beautiful. Every single time it brings a smile to my face because it's so beautiful to see this group of people at the table where they would never sit together. Yes. There's no world in which they would sit together other than the cannabis world. And um, that to me is so powerful. I love it. it like it really, it jazzes me because um, it shows you that there is no barriers. Like we are through food and through cannabis, we're breaking all these barriers yeah. and it excites me. Now we've covered dosing on TGSP before, remember? 
talking to Snoop Dogg about edibles, and I was like, you f with edibles, man? And he said, I don't f with edibles because they ain't got no off button. I've got to say, I've done a lot of drugs in my life. Right. The most like negative drug experiences I've ever had in my life are from weed edibles. There's some, like in LA, I just go to a store and there's these gummies that I have like found are like the most consistent. But then recently I went and saw Rogue One and yeah. I ate what I thought was an appropriate amount of weed gummy <laughs> and I thought I was gonna f die. So how does the herbal chef go about perfecting their food and making sure that the experience is nothing but pleasurable? The main part of how we dose is that we need a lab-tested extract. There's no other way that we will dose anybody without using the lab-tested, verified uh, extract, which is something that um, a, any extract company should be able to provide you, and if they can't, then, then move on, period. Um, we've gone through periods of time, like when I first started out, where it was like, you know, there wasn't that. There wasn't the lab tested, or there was, but, you know, a bunch of labs weren't doing it because they couldn't afford it, or they, you know, whatever it was. And, um, yeah, and then you're like, okay, well, you know, we'll see. We're trusting your word that it's 60% or 70%, and then you try it, and you just get absolutely knocked on your ass. And those type of situations for a, even me who is a, you know, who, where I'm a consumer and I know what I'm doing and I've, I've, I'm a huge believer in responsible use of psychedelics, that having too much of an edible was the worst experience I've ever had hands down. So we have to be extremely careful because not only do we have to destigmatize uh, cannabis in general of, of over hundreds of years of misinformation, um, but we also then have to destigmatize within the cannabis community the fact that edibles have gotten people so fucked up over the over the period of time, and and people are scared of edibles. And while you know, with great cause and and reason that they are, edibles are the safest and and best way to consume. THC and CBDs. For our typical guests, we're going in the 10 to 20 milligram range. Perfect. And for large parties where we can't have a face-to-face -face with the guest beforehand or a, a rapport via email, then we keep it at 10 milligrams. Much like how dosing has evolved in our cannabis industry, stigma has also evolved and continues to. Chris says that basically we all want the same thing, to live well and to love life. Cannabis and food is bridging that gap. But it didn't come without challenge. Okay, so it started out where I was shunned by not only my family and the culinary world and like everybody that all my friends and stuff, but it was, it then turned into like it evolved and where the culinary world started to really pay attention because they saw this as you know, a trend. And then the more that I kept educating, they realized that it's not a trend, rather, this is a lifestyle. Like this is a way of enjoyment and, and uh, quite frankly, medicine. And so over time, and with the addition of Fusion Chef coming on board and, and sponsoring me and um, these mainstream culinary companies really believing in what I'm doing, um, like Henkelman, and um, they, these are huge equipment manufacturers in the culinary world and supply like some of the best chefs in the world. And they chose me because of my, you know, path, philosophy, and, and our food. Uh, so when the addition of all of this really helped me um, 
you know, gain credibility. And then I was speaking at the National Restaurant Association and I was speaking at American Culinary Federation and Cater Source and New England Food Expo and all these different mainstream, nothing to do with cannabis expos. And they were looking at me as the um, leader, the industry leader and, and kind of the pivotal point between culinary and cannabis. So with that now, I think people are envious, yeah. and I think that um, they're trying to get on board, and I and I think more people want to work uh, with us, and and you know there's still the the there's there's the chefs that are you know the best in the world that I'm just I cannot be more grateful to learn from and and uh, you know really just step into their world, uh, but I think that they are even now getting interested in what's going on. Mm. So if you're doing a dinner, so let, let's hear the difference between like you've done these dinners in different cities now, you've different countries, around even. different countries. What's the coolest part about that? I mean, what's the culture like seeing the cannabis culture from place to place? Like that's, that's what it is. It's like seeing that culture, seeing how everyone around the world wants the same thing. They love getting, you know, going out and eating and drinking with their friends and, and smoking and they love their family and they want to feel safe and they want to feel like they are living their best life. And that to me is so important because it's such a missed factor. It's like we, we focus so heavily on, you know, all these other extremities when in reality the core is that everybody just wants to live their best life and have this enjoyment. And, and through food, I'm able to discover this. And through cannabis, I'm able to see it firsthand and see that no matter where we've traveled, people are the same and they, and they love this stuff. They love, they're excited by food. They're excited by cannabis. They're excited by the culmination of what we're creating. So let's get back to the dinner. Here I am eating a sous vide piece of salmon with false lily of the valley and something called bitter cress, a delicate and delicious dish. But wait, doesn't cannabis oil taste terrible? Some people say that they hate the flavor. So how does one create this type of gourmet fare without this taste or stigma? I could not agree more with them. It is shit. It's super bitter. It's really earthy. It's, it's a hard um, taste to balance. The only way that we've been able to balance it successfully is with high acidic and high sugar components. Mm -hmm. So um, typically tomato sauces do well, uh, chocolates do well, things like that. Um, but however, the way that we do things now and the way that we extract and then we infuse it, there's no taste right. because we Ultimately, we can't give our um, clientele something that isn't pristine and perfect and well-balanced and because that wouldn't be, you know, us. Yeah. So we have to make sure that what we put out is perfectly balanced, has no flavor in the cannabis uh, realm and if, or in the cannabis, you know, portion. And right. if it does, then it's, it's balanced. Right. So 99% of the time, you will never taste the cannabis. Um, and less, and that 1% of the time is when we say, We've paired it with this caviar and this and this, uh, you know, citrus fruit and um, because we want you to taste the earthiness of the cannabis in this bite. So we have a nanotechnology CBD that we use. We have our THC that we use. And through that, it's um, we're able to, you know, place it perfectly. So that way people enjoy the the food, because ultimately we're about the integrity of the food. We don't want anything else uh, to shine through other than the ingredients. So I went to the dinner and I have to say, it was pretty damn great. Thanks, Chris. The Herbal Chef is also focused on more than just the food though. 
He creates this type of ambiance of people coming together that you may not think about consuming cannabis with, to be honest. From the terpenes to the music, it was a great night. The scent is paired with the dish, and we have all these different experiences within the culinary or, or dining experience. Um, so it, it really all plays a factor in the enhancement of the overall uh, sensory experience because we have we have to have the music, we have to have the ambiance, like all of this plays a role because now as a guest at our dining uh, experience, your senses are more heightened. So you're noticing the music, you're noticing the taste in the food, you're noticing if it's too acidic or if it's balanced, you're noticing if, you know, uh, the music's good or not, you're noticing the light, you're, and all these things have to be on point because and, and the best part is as a guest, when our guests don't notice any of that because we did it right. Because it's just, wow, this is so pleasant. This is so nice. This is, I feel good. I feel happy. I feel engaged. You can truly tell the excitement that Chris has for the future. As the industry works on properly educating people about cannabis and stigma, people are really starting to embrace the culture. The herbal chef was giddy, telling us about his welcome to Vancouver for this type of a dinner. The hospitality, we've gotten people that came up out of, you know, we were walking around Farmers Greenville Farmers Market and um, come up, chef, we're so excited to have you here. And it's just amazing, what a welcome. Um, feel incredible to be here. I feel extremely grateful for the warm welcome and I truly appreciate you, you know, what you guys are doing in terms of telling this story because it really does help. So I asked what was next for the herbal chef as the prohibition comes to an end and people start to embrace the industry and culture. You know, what's funny is people think that this is just getting started, but this has been ongoing for, you know, almost 10 years. So um, it's funny to see it now start to like peek its head out. And we're just, we're an iceberg and you're seeing the tip right now and you don't even realize what's about to come as we, as we move forward. So I think the next five years are going to be filled with a ton of educational opportunities. I think we're gonna break a lot of molds in terms of what cannabis is going to look like. And we'll be partnering with some large companies that are you know, not cannabis related, but because of the way that we approach things, is gonna take it more mainstream. Um, and I think that the TV show will have a big part in that. And I think that the restaurant is going to revolutionize how um, and not only revolutionize, but create the standards of operation for how any cannabis restaurant is going to run. We take our logistics really seriously and we are organized and because we have to be, cooking with cannabis is much more difficult than cooking regular. I mean, I would, 10 out of 10 times, I would choose cooking regular if for ease, yeah. but cooking with cannabis brings so much more to the table um, and we, we really enjoy it. So we wanna create standards and um, eventually we'll, we'll be able to have a certification through these entities that we work with where a young chef that wants to learn can come through our program and then you know they can be a satellite herbal chef and um, exactly and learn homogenization and learn dosage and learn mitigation of issues and learn faculty staffing and learn you know how the entire process goes you heard chris talk about a tv show it's still pretty hush he tells us but it would be following their destigmatization efforts around the world and the restaurant he was just talking about well it's going to be opening in west hollywood and they're naming it herbal. Thanks for listening this week and for telling your friends we wouldn't be number one without you. And next week on the show, we're back in California telling you about a story of a new company called Transcana, the entrepreneur behind Weed Maps and how they hope to become the largest logistics and marketing and security cannabis company in that state. I'm Jeremy Safran. We'll see you next week. 
Thanks for joining us on TGSP this week. We hope you like the show. Don't forget to go to our website, www.thegreenscenepodcast.com, subscribe to us, and rate our podcast. We'll catch you next week.